0: Welcome to the Defense and Aerospace Report podcast. I'm your host, Vago Miradian. Our podcast is brought to you by Bell. Since 1935, Bell has been redefining flight. Learn more about its pioneering spirit at bellflight.com. And today, it is my honor and pleasure to welcome to the program Mohammed Siad Duwale, uh, who serves as Djibouti's ambassador to the United States, as well as its representative to the United Nations. Your Excellency, it's an honor and pleasure uh, welcoming you to the program. Thanks so very much for making time for us. The honor is mine. Thanks for having me, Bagel. Uh, And before we get started, HII sponsors our Global Coverage, General Atomics Aeronautical Systems sponsors our Strategy Coverage, Ultra Intelligence and Communications sponsors our Command and Control Coverage, and GE Aerospace sponsors our Air and Naval Coverage. Sir, thanks so very much uh, for uh, joining us. You know, on this program, we have a tendency of focusing on uh, transatlantic relationships and transpacific relationships, and unfortunately, don't spend as much time as we should Uh, on uh, Africa. And the Republic of uh, Djibouti is an island of stability in uh, a very turbulent region, including uh, and sadly with uh, your direct uh, neighbors, with Ethiopia, Somalia, and with Yemen. We have a coup in Niger, which I want to get your thoughts on. You're part of a special UN council to address some of these challenges, challenges that unfortunately Washington and the world uh, tend uh, to ignore. Uh, Even if we have a command intended for us to be more engaged in Africa, we tend uh, not to be as engaged as we should be, even at a, at a very high level in Washington. Um, in fact, we have a tendency of looking at the region as a little bit out of sight and out of mind, as long as it directly doesn't impact us. Why is it important for the United States, its allies, and the international community to play a more engaged role in the region at the front end, to, to encourage good governance and to prevent conflict, rather than taking either an out of sight, out of mind, or A a remedial, you know, let's respond to the famine kind of approach, which is even most of the time too little, too late.
1: Uh, Thank you, uh, Vago, for asking. I think uh, the dual strategic importance of the continent is now known. Uh, We see increasing increasing awareness about the strategic importance of the continent. The continent is referenced as being the continent of the future, not just the future of of Africa, but the the future of the world. Uh, it's a resource-rich uh, continent, a vibrant demography, a very youthful population. Africa is open for investment, is open for business, despite the challenges that you uh, mentioned. And we see uh, a shift here in Washington and we, uh, when the leaders from uh, 50 African countries uh, came to Washington as part of the uh, US-Africa Summit, I think this has generated a lot of momentum, a momentum that we need to build on. All of the issues that matter were addressed by both African leaders and the
0: Biden-Harris administration. Is is this actually a significant shift? Because Washington, periodically, over the course of my long career, I did cover, unfortunately, crises early in my career in Africa, in Rwanda, as well as in uh, Somalia. And after each of these has been a sense we have to engage, we have to foster good governance, you know, uh, let's create Africa command and and get engaged. And but it happens to be episodic and actually not lasting. it's It's a brief uh, uh, blip, and then we go into sort of almost the very laissez-faire kind of approach. Do you what what's the evidence that you see as somebody who's been in this game for a long time that this is actually a meaningful? Shift and not just driven by, well, you know, Africa is tilting toward Russia and China, so that we have to put a band-aid on top of it.
1: The summit was extremely well prepared. We were consulted as a group of ambassadors here. There was also a rigorous analysis made of uh the policy document that the African Union uh, produced. And to mention one, which is the most important one, in my view, is the um Africa 2063, this is the African blueprint for African Renaissance. And it was obvious to me uh, that the members of the administration uh, who prepared the summit uh, really analyzed uh, that document and reflected to the best of their ability the main interests and priorities of the continent. We also, of course, gave our input. And the the summit was a success. Uh, the outcome was uh, was uh, seen as uh, an extremely important outcome for uh, in, on the continent. That I can tell you, and we see now intense US activity uh, to try and implement one of the some of the main decisions that were made
0: do Do you see there being legislative uh, backing because it's one thing for the administration to be interested in doing it, but it's another thing for lawmakers to follow through with the kind of uh, funding uh, and and sort of sustained uh, approach, right? I mean, it's an ecosystem that has to adjust to the change as opposed to just leadership uh, pushing it. do you Do you see other of the discrete elements falling into play to help actually realize this partnership?
1: I, I hope. I hope uh, because there was some level of engagement and involvement uh, by members of uh, the Congress from both uh, from both uh, the uh, both sides of the aisle, uh, which was which was very very good, and we hope that in this phase, which is the implementation phase, uh, there would be a rigorous follow up of the commitments that were made, because commitments need to be honoured, and Africans, for their part will also honor the commitments that they made.
0: I I look at this as um, uh, an American and can see that it would be frustrating for African leaders that uh, the West gets as focused, for example, on uh, helping Ukraine. Obviously, it's a terrible tragedy that Russia attacked uh, a sovereign nation uh, and the human suffering that's happened. But if I look at this from an African perspective, uh, there's an enormous amount of suffering that happens across the African continent, and it doesn't really uh, appear to move uh, a global needle, uh, the way, for example, um, uh, the the Russia uh, war on Ukraine uh, did. You know, five rich guys uh, die uh, off the Titanic; five hundred people drown off the Greek coast. Uh, there's more focus on the five uh, rich guys than there is on the five hundred. And indeed, in Africa, uh, those kind of casualties may, are happening on a on a daily basis, uh, if not far greater than that. What is it that? Is this frustrating for for African leaders in in general? and what's the message that you want people to carry in terms of um, the, the relativism sometimes that that seizes thinking in, in Western capitals?
1: No, I agree with you that too much blood has been shed on the continent and uh, um, many of the conflicts that we saw erupting on the continent uh, were were preventable. Uh, we as Africans also took the the, the decisive decisions in terms of uh, building uh, Pan-African security architecture, which uh, deserves uh, the support of our partners. Uh, we have a, a standby a brigade in each of the sub of the continent. We have a major initiative uh, called uh, Silencing the guns, which aims at ending conflicts on the continent. We obviously have uh, some challenges in the implementation of that agenda. And we also have, on the continent, have uh, 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 taken a commitment uh, to uh, provide African solutions to African problems, including by Generating our own peacekeeping, peacekeeping forces to tackle some of the security issues on the continent, but uh, those peacekeeping uh, efforts, because this is undertaken not on, not just on behalf of the continent, because when a crisis erupts on the continent, it affects the whole world. Uh, so right. this this we would need uh, in terms of resources. Uh, resources are not as forthcoming as we would like them to be. Uh, That's, of course, a source of frustration uh, when, um, particularly when you look at the changing nature of conflict on the continent. We, you always, today, have terrorists uh, that have access to uh, technology, drone capabilities, improvised explosive devices. uh, So, African uh, peacekeeping uh, forces that have been given a robust mandate need to also be adequately equipped and resourced uh, to tackle those uh, those security challenges. So we we would welcome um, an increased engagement by way of resources uh, in our own African efforts to tackle those crises.
0: Um, part of the uh, challenge is uh, external support. Part of the challenge is uh, obviously uh, local support. And I wanna get your view uh, on uh, a number of the crises and how best uh, to resolve them, including the latest one in in Niger uh, that involves an ultimatum by uh, Ecowas uh, as, as well uh, to uh, return the legitimately elected government uh, to power. But I, I wanted to ask about um, the shift and 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 some of which. Um, you know, uh, nations in the West and certainly in Washington, I know that you must uh, do a little bit of diplomacy in explaining this. Uh, Djibouti is a former French uh, colony, and France for centuries was a very, very important uh, security, economic, diplomatic uh, partner. I was in Paris uh, recently, uh, and uh, the discussion was how some of that influence has eroded and eroded rather dramatically. I don't necessarily want you to comment on that, but uh, at the same time, Russian influence has uh, increased, and indeed, Chinese influence has increased uh, in in the region uh, as well. Um, How do you expect explains some of these transformations. And right now, Africa is falling as it did in the Cold War where both sides are trying to woo uh, African uh, nations. What is it that people in Washington and the West need to bear in mind uh, in this uh, competition and the, the changing power dynamics on the continent?
1: Well, the, what I can say is that Africans uh, need more security less conflict, more development. Uh, and I don't think Africans uh, would find an interest in being drawn in rivalry in rivalries that offer them uh no 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 little reward. Uh, this is what I would say. Uh, uh but the, the goal that we're all pursuing is 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 consistent is to trying to make the lives of Africans uh, better Now, Africa, is also a fact that Africa is the most coup-prone um, region of the world, which is much unfortunate because we had developed a toolbox at the African Union, which we thought would help uh, prevent uh, coups on the continent. Uh, we thought that coups would be a thing of the past, uh, but unfortunately, we see a resurgence of them. And as the Secretary General uh, uh, Antonio Guterres uh, used the metaphor of the epidemic of, go- of coups, uh, there clearly has been a coup contagion in some uh, in, in some portions of of the continent, and this is most uh, m- most unfortunate because uh, it is difficult to find the right answer uh, to respond uh, to coups. On the continent, but Africans' uh, legitimate demand is better lives for the people, of uh, 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 leveraging the resources that that they have to build economic prosperity, and and a peaceful and a peaceful uh, and peaceful countries on the continent.
0: Um, what is the best? Um, as, as you said, the African Union has tried. Uh, at least to to uh, uh, sort of address the, the coup-proofing, which uh, proved not to be successful. What's the right approach to foster um, good government, greater democratic engagement? I mean, it's a continent that has so much potential uh, and is demonstrating that potential every single day, whether on agriculture, on technology, everybody wants to uh, reshore or change shoring or move away from uh, China uh, in, in terms of uh, where to produce, uh, where to draw rare earth uh, materials that are vital to a future economy. And so Africa comes front and center in all of that. What's the global responsibility and the global role to try to foster African good governance, right? I mean, it's not it's not sort of former colonial masters meddling, but more how can everybody help set the conditions for success
1: more broadly? Yes, uh, uh, the the primary responsibility lies on the people of Africa first. And whatever pathway that they define to chart their own uh, future uh, should uh, be supported by global, uh, global, uh, global actors. Of course, we have norms, we have standards, in terms of governance, that need to be respected. But uh, but but Africa, like I said, it's a, it's a vibrant uh, continent. Uh, there is uh, well, uh, sufficient intellect, uh, sufficient uh, knowledge uh, to help feed uh, that discussion on how best to define the their own political future, political and economic future of their countries. So. So what the global actors should do is to uh, provide um, maximum support uh, to the pathway that those countries and peoples have defined for themselves. Uh,
0: And I would say we have to do it in a sustained basis as opposed to an episodic basis. So I have my fingers crossed that we're uh, uh, having a a structural change. How do you explain, you know, in Washington, uh, sir, there is uh, a little frustration Uh, on uh, why some nations in Africa have refused to condemn or or tend to uh, decline to condemn Russia and China for their rights abuses, Uh, and and actually appear to uh, be very comfortable doing business, for example, both with Russia and China. A senior uh, Nigerian official once told me, hey, look, he said, "It's, it's not that we trust the Chinese, it's just that they're making a lot of investment here. Uh, and, and you guys can make investment here uh, as, as, as well, ultimately. How do you explain this tilt uh, to uh, folks in Washington as an interpreter and a, as a spokesman for uh, the continent uh, that goes beyond just speaking for Djibouti? Uh, and, and what advice you give people in Washington, including at a senior level, on how best to um, compete and to counter some of these influences as well from, from both Moscow and Beijing that people in Washington might find problematic?
1: You know, African countries uh, seek to build partnership uh, that yield tangible benefits for their populations and their countries. And like I said earlier, no African country is willing to be drawn into rivalries or uh, great power competition. Uh, that offers that individual countries a uh, little reward. But what I can say is that when, uh, for example, uh, we witnessed uh, the invasion of Ukraine by Russia, I think uh, many of us took a stand, a decisive stand, uh, condemning uh, the aggression, condemning the violation of the territorial integrity of Ukraine, and I think this is a powerful message. When the UN Charter is violated, African countries uh, do not mince their words; they say it like it is. Uh, they they call for
0: respect of the UN Charter. Let me just follow up on on, on Russia and China. If 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 Washington and its allies don't like what's happening uh, in terms of the dynamic uh, with uh, uh, Russia and China, what's the best way, uh, the most positive and constructive way for the United States to compete for Africa's uh, attention and indeed affection? You don't want to be caught in the middle, but you're being courted by both sides, right? So what's the most constructive way to for, for Washington to go about this from your perspective?
1: I think the best way uh, to foster um, a vigorous partnership with the Africans is to partner with them in the implementation of the very ambitious goals that they have defined for themselves. Uh, And I think uh, this would uh, provide uh, maximum leverage for for the U.S. This is the ultimate test for, for Africans who's helping us achieve the goals that we have defined for ourselves. Uh, and 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 to me, that's the. But no African country, and I'm repeating, is interested in being drawn into uh, into rivalry or competition between major powers. It 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 it, it, it won't. It, it defeats the purpose. It won't help us.
0: Uh, and and uh, again, I think economists as well as the regional leaders and e- even uh, leaders in the United States have said uh, that the economic development of the region is actually going to be the engine that that leads you to that sort of uh, democratic, uh, more democratic uh, and, and fair minded uh, future. Um, Let me take you to some of the specific uh, conflicts uh, in the region. You uh, recently were were tweeting about Somalia. Uh, Let's uh, start there. And and obviously, Ethiopia has been torn as well, and you share a border with uh, Eritrea. Um, What's the right approach to Somalia and to Ethiopia? And then I'm going to get to Yemen and then Niger in a moment.
1: Uh, Somalia, I think it's uh, where you, as you may be aware, you told me that you were involved at the beginning. Uh, So the Somali government collapsed back in 1991 and the journey to achieve peace has been a long and tortuous one. And I think we have achieved a lot in the journey to peace. Uh, Somalia has a government uh, that deserves uh, to be supported. Uh, We're doing our bit. Uh, we deployed uh, forces uh, to help uh, with the peacekeeping efforts and the efforts to defeat Al Shabaab. Uh, but but Somalia needs the support of, of each and every uh, actor in the world uh, because if that that support materializes in 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 uh, in terms of the it will it will have an impactful uh, a, a consequence on the situation on on uh, in somalia uh it, ethiopia ethiopia i, I think we uh, were good to see uh, the peace uh, accord uh, that was signed and uh, we hope that this would uh, this would uh, help so uh, ethiopia ethiopia's economy uh, rebound um, on niger we were all uh, shocked uh, by the coup uh we uh, we condemn the coup uh, and and we hope uh, and we support uh, the efforts of ECOWAS to try and 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 uh, uh respond to to the coup uh in the most adequate way uh, we so they, are, they the, the principle of subsidiarity here uh, uh that, the, uh, that governs the uh, the African Union. Uh, we will we, we rely on the leadership of ECOWAS uh, and we will be will remain uh, we will monitor and track uh, the progress that is made there. and we will of course uh, support whatever uh, the 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 decisions of the ECOWAS and the African Union.
0: And and in uh, Yemen, uh, in terms of um, uh, crafting, I mean that's another country that's unfortunately been torn uh, by conflict over the past three decades. Um, what's 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 the approach for a lasting settlement there with uh, Houthis, Yemenis, uh, and, and you know to to craft a more stable future that doesn't attract the the interests uh or the involvement of of uh, saudi arabia that unfortunately has has become involved because uh yemen has been a threat to saudi security
1: yeah uh, uh, djibouti is very close uh to yemen not just geographically uh but uh, culturally and uh, we have a a very good uh and long history of uh positive people to people relations um, we we are supportive of the un efforts to try and strike an agreement uh, and and uh, there again uh, any agreement any peace agreements that is reached will need to be backed by massive economic uh, development uh, package that would uh, uh, consolidate the gains that are made on the security front
0: um, let me uh, ask you uh, one uh, follow-up question on, on uh, Niger. Um, after uh, the uh, Basum uh, government, the legitimately elected Basum government was uh, overthrown by uh, the junta, uh, the Economic Community of Western African States, or ECOWAS, uh, did give uh, the junta an ultimatum. Uh, to return Bazoom to power, otherwise uh, the organization uh, would uh, consider resorting uh, to force. The junta says it's going to try Bazoom, uh, and we've gone in a back and forth on this. Ultimately, a, a threat to use force is only effective if you sort of the organization goes through with it. Ultimately, does Ecowas go through with that threat? Do you think? And is that and what would that achieve if that threat were realized. Uh, ECOWAS
1: is close to the region has uh, very close relations uh, with Niger has a vital interest in protecting and promoting uh, peace and security not just in the, in, in Niger uh, but in the in the sub region because whatever affects Niger will affect them uh, or, but like i said we are closely monitoring uh, the situation and and we hope that they will find the best way to
0: respond to the coup. Uh, from uh, your mouth to God's ears, yeah your excellency as the as the saying goes and i I, I hope that uh, there is a better resolution to this because there is a sense that however uh, Niger is handled could set the model uh, for how to counter uh, coups, as you said, you know, trying to a decades long effort to sort of coup proof uh, the continent. Uh, let me let, take you to Djibouti's uh, unique uh, role uh, indeed, uh, for decades, you've long hosted French troops, you're a former French uh, colony, uh, other nations then open military facilities, especially to counter terrorism, whether it was the United States and the United Kingdom, uh, China has a military installation there, which has some people scratching uh, their heads, but um, you're also an important nation in uh, the forces that were countering piracy. Uh, off uh, the Horn uh, of Africa that was epidemic some years ago and that mission uh, uh, con- continues. What's what's the strategy behind such a welcoming uh, open door stance, uh, even if it has uh, some of your allies and partners scratching their heads, whether in Paris or in Washington or London?
1: We have no other strategy uh, than to contribute to global security. So, in our conversations with key partners, we identified shared security threats. And when we were, when the request was made uh, that we open our territory, we accepted. It's a major strategic choke point in one of the world's most heavily trafficked shipping lanes. Um, we have uh, the threat of terrorism. We have the threat of maritime piracy and i think these are uh, these are uh, shared uh, security interests that need to pr- to be protected and djibouti offered uh, its uh, its land and open its territory to those friends and partners and of course the us is is one of them us has the uh, the only enduring uh, us military base on the continent we we as djibouti are very very proud of uh, partnering with uh with with the U.S.
0: and how do you characterize the progress we're making? Right, because all too often uh, Western involvement in Africa again is tends to be very targeted. Counterterrorism, for example, uh, is a focus, or countering piracy. When it comes to countering ter- terrorism and countering piracy, are those goals being advanced and achieved? Do you think are we making uh, collectively progress against these two goals? I, I
1: think yes. Uh, some decisive uh, uh, gains have have been have been made. We need to consolidate those gains and 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 make sure that whatever engagement we have on the continent is not too diverse from economic development, too divorced from economic development.
0: It's uh it's a it's a challenging region. Uh, there's a long and fraught history uh, between. Uh, former uh, colonizers and and former colonies, geographic boundaries that were drawn by Western powers uh, to divide and conquer. Sadly, so tribal boundaries don't make any sense, uh, which is one of the reasons why we end up uh, in uh, in some of the turmoil that we have centuries after the fact. Ultimately, to bring it back to the Washington Conference, is there at least a framework of understanding? Do you think that that takes us forward and 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 builds to a a brighter future with the United States and its partners as a key role in that?
1: Oh, yes, Fago. We have
0: an outcome
1: that we should all be proud of. Uh, Some consequential decisions were made, actionable steps were identified. All we need to do now is to work together to vigorously implement the commitments that were made. And if we do that, I think the relationship between Africa and the US is bound to grow from strength to strength. To strength. And we have what it takes to catapult the Africa-US relations into, into the future.
0: And and uh, when we've uh, spoken in the past, you've mentioned uh, that it was an unprecedented understanding that resonated with African uh, leaders, the, the the tone by the president and by the vice president. Um, what made it so unprecedented in in sort of the tone and tenor that that struck a chord with African leaders?
1: Yeah, it was a friendly exchange of youth, open conversations about all the issues that matter to the partnership. And some of the decisions that we took, I think, are consequential. Uh, This is why I'm saying that we now have a framework that will help us catapult the relations into the future.
0: Sir, uh, thanks so very much for uh, joining us. It was a terrific uh, conversation. Enjoyed having you on the program and look forward to welcoming you you back again. Excuse me, three, two, one. And very much look forward to welcoming you back again on the program in the future. Thanks so very much. Thanks, Vago. I wish you the best.